This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club all right, welcome to our Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome to our Game of Thrones podcast. Game of fucking Game of fucking Thrones. Uh, Jack and I never watch Game of Thrones, uh, but we have read all the books. But now yep. that it's in season seven, we've both decided to quickly catch up. So yeah, come with us on this journey of watching eight season, seven, six seasons of a television show in yeah. a month. In probably a month. I'm uh, on season two already. I just started. Um, I'm hoping that things go um, well for this Rob Stark character this time around. Did you get to the scene in season two yet where... Spoilers for um, Game of Thrones Arya and two. Sansa and all of the direwolves die? <laughs> no, but it seems like it's fucking coming. It takes a real departure from the books. Yeah. Well, and it seems like winter's already there in the show. Oh, winter is it's coming. So snowy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that uh, to sound so sexual. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a little It's just weird. the natural sexuality I bring to every sentence I say. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. How's your day today, my man? Day was good. Worked from home. Nice. Got some stuff done. Got a lot of stuff done. Yeah, it's a lot easier getting things done from home. How about you? Um, I worked from work. Oh. <laughs> it's very uh, suburban it's of very, you. It's very diligent of me. Yep. Got some work done. Um, then I did my daily burn gross um, don't need to hear about that i read a little book a little a little book yep i read a book too it was called stacy's lie babysitter's club yeah. number 76 stacy's lie stacy's lie um i liked it did you yeah i loved it you loved it <laughs> i thought it was great man yeah it was really i mean good. it was it was not my usual type of book yeah no, i usually like good clean babysitting fun this was yeah. teen romance and teen drama yeah but i gotta say man this book was penned by the great suzanne wayne the mysterious suzanne wayne we know nothing about her here's i'm gonna make a bold statement here yeah and i don't know if you're gonna back me up in this or not but i think that suzanne wayne mm-hmm. is the ghostwriter who is most capable of emulating and capturing the spirit of Anne m martin Wow. I think they're all talented in their own ways. Uh yeah. Even even John and Malcolm. Mm-hmm. But they're all different. Like they, they they all have their own voice. They all have their own distinct style. But Suzanne Wayne, I f- I read her books and I feel like I'm reading an Anne book. It feels good. It feels like a return to form. Yeah, she's interested in these these women as characters. Yeah. She's interested in in exploring their characters the both their flaws and their good qualities um and kind of bouncing those qualities up against each other and seeing what happens right uh, which makes for a pretty riveting read and like it's the the entire arc yeah is contained in the book like it, oh, it yeah. feels like a good and book because it's like conflict in in act one mm-hmm. climax in act two and like resolution in act three every time yeah. b plot's then- always about babysitting a plot's always about the girls B-plot's about babysitting, but it perfectly mirrors and adds to and expands upon the themes of the A-plot. Right. Uh, she's an auteur. 
She's an auteur, and we know nothing about her, right? Nothing. We don't know what her thing is. She's we a don't ghost. know if she's a sentient dog. We don't know if she's some kind of um, horrible Cronenbergian yep. creation. We don't know if she's Stormborn. Yeah. Her and Ellen Miles, they're big question marks. Well, we're going to have to fill in the gaps on that at some point. Um, did, we looked her up hey, before, didn't we? Way ahead of you. Okay, so what? she's got a series of science fiction and fantasy novels mm-hmm. that have a very intriguing name. They're the, called the Barcode Books. Wow. The Barcode Tattoo, The Barcode Rebellion, and The Barcode Prophecy. Oh, wow. That sounds cool as hell. Here's a, here's a, here's more interesting, more interesting, mm-hmm. to kind of heap some more interesting facts on it. Yeah. The Barcode Tattoo has been translated into German. Okay. I don't know. That's, I thought just, you were gonna... like, that's just what is next in line in her bio. Okay, so it wasn't really heaping more interesting facts on it. It was kind of just heaping more facts. It won a youth literature prize in Germany. I don't know. She's still kind of a mystery to me. Whoa, she wrote a book called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's super famous. No, I think think maybe it's an adaptation of the the original. Because it says here it's based on the 1937 film. Okay, okay. She wrote a book called Revenge of the Decepticons. She also wrote a book called Return to Cybertron. Apparently, oh, Suzanne Wayne was writing some Transformer <laughs> fan fiction in the 1980s, which well, that's is fucking awesome. Right up my alley. Yeah, she cut her teeth on the incredibly rich world of the Autobots and the Decepticons. No wonder she can write characters so well. She seems to have written a number of Transformers novelizations. Um, okay, so that gives us a little bit of a a peek into gives her us world. A little taste. I mean, she's still honestly, she, she's just in some ways, it's made her more mysterious to me. Well, that's cool as hell. I'm sorry, I'm lost in her bibliography right now. Yeah, she's got such a range here. <laughs> All right, let's get out of let's get out of Wayne. Okay, well, that was just a taste. That was a get taste. Out well, of my Wayne. Okay, let's not. We don't need to do a and song for it. And into my podcast. Okay, let's. In, that's as good a segue as I'm gonna get from you to introduce the show. A, hey, I'm throwing her a hard follow. Oh, on the on Twitter. Yeah, I want to follow her at exactly the same time as you do, so that she uh, she knows something's up. Someone got a uh, the girl with the barcode tattoo tattoo, which is okay. a milestone for her as a as an artist. Someone appreciated oh. her work enough to get it tattooed permanently on their body. Do you have something further to say about that, Tanner, to share um, with the group? I do. Do you, Jack, I know you're not mm-hmm. big on social media because you're like a thousand years old, but yeah. have you ever heard of Baby B RJ? Uh, yeah, you bet I have. At life with underscore Jim on Twitter. Mm-hmm. She and, oh wait, I'm confused about who's who here. Her name is listed as RJ on Twitter, but Baby B Caitlin and Baby B Becca mm-hmm. gave themselves which seems dangerous, but whatever. Oh, that's very dangerous. Matching Babysitter's Club tattoos. Sorry, specifically Babysitter's Club club tattoos. Technically, they are also Babysitter's Club tattoos because they are on their wrists. It's two little bumblebees, and mm-hmm. their stripes spell out high and high. Oh, wow. So known pieces of, of lore from the Babysitter's Club, bees, mm-hmm. Jamie Newton saying hi, hi. Right. But more specifically, deeply tied into the themes of this podcast. I think that's fucking wonderful. So we're in the same sort of collective as Suzanne Wayne. Yeah. Her fans also get tattoos of her work. Well, and in fact, I might say that we've leapfrogged 
all the way past Suzanne Wayne because our fans get tattoos of our work and our work is just about the Babysitter's Club. Suzanne's work is titled The Girl with the Barcode Tattoo. Right, it's kind of... She's really like kind of fishing for it. It takes a lot to get a Babysitter's Club club tattoo, Baby Nation. And I encourage you, all of you, to do it immediately. Don't think, just do it. Don't think, just do it. And uh, if you don't have a tattoo parlor in your town or nearby, you can just do it yourself. Yeah. Also, please design one for me and Jack, because we definitely (laughs) want to do that. Oh, yeah, Um, we're going to get it. But we're not talented artists, and we need a talented artist. Uh, I'm looking at you, at Vox the Devil, (laughs) to design us tattoos. Good. Uh, Oh, the final thing I'll say while I'm still on Twitter is... uh, Suzanne Wayne has two followers that I know. Babysitter's Club Club podcast, BSCC uh-huh. podcast, and uh, Sweet Pete Lorenz. Oh, Sweet Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they're still in touch after all these years. Um, oh, yeah. That was a very, very good uh, distraction from me introducing this podcast, uh, which I'm now going to do. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own Princess Annabelle oh. Matthews Martin. Let me look it up. What? Where Suzanne's from. Well, no. What just about so you, you can let me introduce her. Just so you can include her in the, dis- in the description, in the intro. Okay, fine. Fine. Oh, fine. No. <laughs> hey, guess what, bud? This what? isn't going to be, this is going to be no surprise to you. What? Grew up as a beach baby on Long Island, New York. <laughs> no surprises. This book was a lot about. New York beaches. All right, we talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own Annabelle Matthews Martin, uh, first of her name, Stormborn. And we also sometimes talk about the novels of Long Island's own Suzanne Wayne. Suzanne Wayne. Well, I guess she's going to, I think she's a regular feature yeah. in these books. Um, Beach Baby, Beach Baby, we know that. Long, Long Island's own. She went own to Binghamton University. Beach so. Baby. College Binghamton grad. Beach Baby. <laughs> yeah. The Binghamton Beach Baby. The babe the baby of Binghamton Beach. College graduate <laughs> Suzanne Wayne. Born July 6th, 1955. Address? Pride of 55. <laughs> the Pride of 55. This is good. The baby of Binghamton Beach. College graduate. What? Right <laughs> of 55, uh, Suzanne Wayne. This week, Baby Nation, we read a book uh, written jointly by Annabelle Matthews Martin and Beach Baby Suzanne Wayne called Stacy's Lie. Yep. Go figure. Stacy's lying. Stacy's fucking lying. And uh, the last few episodes about Stacy. We have kind of come around on Stacy, started to see that there's some good qualities to Stacy, started to begin to revise our bad opinions uh, of Stacy McGill here, 76 books deep. Yep. Um, and that was all reversed in this book. That's all reversed. She's back She's- in the babysitter's doghouse. <laughs> 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 she was a bad bad naughty dingleberry in this book she was the fucking worst in this book she was the pits in this book stacy you had us oh, i mean you don't you don't live for our approval and you're your own person i mean not really because you're a fictional character but just be a decent human being you were you were so good for so long you went books you were just like charming and fun 
Oh, just insufferable, insufferable this week, Baby Nation. And don't take it from me. Take it from Claudia. Take it from Mr. McGill. Take it from take Christy. It from take it from Shannon. Shannon. Even the, Shannon the, was like, uh, Stacey, you're being a real dinkleberry. Yeah, fucking knock it off, Stacey. You're f- full of lies. You're full of lies. And take it from Robert. Robert, at the end of this book, was like, hey, Stacey, you're full of fucking lies, dude. Yeah, he said you're a deceitful weasel. He was like, I love you, but I don't love your fucking lies, Stacey. Right. In fact, I love your lies so little that I've stopped loving you. We're breaking up. Yeah. Spoiler alert, baby nation. Spoiler alert, baby nation. (laughs) I didn't mean to call you baby. Take another run at it. I I accidentally, (laughs) baby nation, I accidentally called you baby. And what I meant was baby nation. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know each other that well yet. (laughs) Spoiler alert, baby nation. Robert breaks up with Stacey. Um, second spoiler alert, Baby Nation, he gets back together with Stacy. Yeah, I was kind of burying the lead there a little bit to keep him enticed, <laughs> keep him listening to the end. She lies, and she lies, and she fucking lies, and she doesn't take responsibility for it. Also, here's a fucking free piece of advice, Baby Nation. Never, ever, ever go on a beach vacation with Stacy McGill. No. Just she don't. Turns, as soon as... Stacy McGill sees a beach. Yeah. Instantly boy crazy. She can't help herself. Yeah, I wrote this fucking down too. It's like it's about beaches. Do you think it has something to do with the sea? Hmm. Like her her boy craziness <gasps> Wait, comes what if upon Stacey her. Stacy's a siren. Oh wow. Okay. Well that actually that kind of makes sense, right? Because then like her boy craziness is actually just like this instinct, this this impulse to drown sailors in the sea. Right. Why did sirens do that? Was it ever stated, or is it just for shits and giggles? I think they ate them. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe Stacy's trying to eat these boys. But it's not the boys who suffer, it's her friends, right? Well, I'm sure a lot of the sirens' friends are pretty weirded out when the sirens start eating <laughs> boys. <laughs> that's actually a really fucking good point. <laughs> yeah, and the boys suffer as well. Robert, at the end of this, was like like over it. Right. Um, well, yeah, so there's something about the sea. Right? I don't know if that if she's drawn to the sea because she's a siren and she wants to go there and sing for boys and then eat them. That's right. plausible. That makes plausible, sense. Plausible, likely. Uh, we'll have to ask Suzanne. Yep. Um, Wait, I just thought something. of something. What? Waniacs. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Just a couple Waniacs over here. <laughs> we'll add that next time Suzanne has a book. We'll add that to the intro. Yeah. I'm a Suzanne man and I'm a Waniac. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Babysitters Club Club, a podcast with me, Suzanne Mann, <laughs> and me, Waniac. <laughs> That's good. That flows yeah. well. Yeah, it's great. Uh, what about we describe the book? Describe it for okay. everybody so Man, they know what just, happened. You really, the Baby Nation, we're recording earlier than we have in a long time. Um, I Jack have got, has pressing business well, tonight, probably a woodworking got, class with his friend Tanner. <laughs> uh, my web working class with Tanner is tomorrow. I'm oh. really looking forward to it. Tanner and I are building a box. <laughs> what are you keeping it? Your memories? Yeah. <laughs> Just photos, you know, of the two of us <laughs> working the wood. No, I've got what we call in the industry a hard out. Yeah, no, I know I know you have a hard out. You explain that to me, but why? It's a hard What's, out. For what getting, purpose? Getting dinner with uh, Micah and Nicole. I don't know who those people are. They sound cool. They have cool yeah. names. 
very, very cool. Uh, they're just my cool Austin friends. Um, let's describe the book. Fine. What are you doing tonight? Watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun, too. I Oh, I don't even need to put time on the clock. I just described the book using my own word hoard, as they say in Beowulf. And your word hole. Uh, and yeah, I'll t- I'll, it'll come out of my word hole from right. my word hoard. Yeah. Hey, Tanner, why don't you sit back, relax, and enjoy some sounds from my word hole? Oh, you get started. I'll be right back. No, I won't. Where are you going? He just fucking left, Baby Nation. He just, like, cut out. Um, So it's just you and me, baby. It's okay if I call you baby. I know it's weird for Tanner, but I feel like we know each other pretty well. Um, What's uh, what's new? I remembered I had a fidget spinner in the other room, so I went and grabbed it. Okay. What are you going to do with it? I'm just going to... This is what I'm going to do when you do your description. Okay, can you do it without distracting me with it? Is it is it possible to get good at fidget spinning? Yeah, I'm good at it. Okay. I'm a new to it, but I think I'm pretty good. Okay. I've got, like, natural raw talent. Yeah, you're spinning that thing real good. And, and boy, what a cool face you're making. Hey, how about <laughs> I describe the book? Listen, I'm approaching 40, so I don't know these things. Is it possible to fidget spin and also pay attention to your friend who's trying to describe a book? At the same time? Probably. Tanner? We'll never know. <laughs> I think we will. <laughs> um, hey, listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enchant you with my word hole right now. Yuck. <laughs> I'm going to begin describing this book. You ready? Yep. It was the perfect summer. Stacy McGill, a vision in her white dress, flowers in her hair as the wind whipped around her, and she walked barefoot along the beach to meet Robert. Robert, who had swept into her life and stolen her heart. Gentle Robert, whose piercing blue eyes held knowledge and sadness and kindness in equal balance. Robert, who loved her as much as she loved him, fiercely, urgently, and with abandon. It was the perfect summer, except for one small thing. It was built upon a lie. And like the beautiful sandcastles that Stacy passed as she walked towards her perfect lover on that perfect beach, on that perfect day, it was destined to crumble, to fall into the sea, leaving no traces behind, not even his footprints as he walked away. It was the perfect summer, but it was built upon a lie. Stacy's lie. Hey, Tanner, I finished my description. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, what was your fave part? The part where you talked about Stacy's lie. Okay. I've never, I've seen the kids doing their fidget spinner on the streets when they ride their skateboards mm-hmm. they don't breathe as hard as you do it's not like a contest it's labor sport. intensive <laughs> if you really want to get it going if you're an artist with the spinner like i am mm-hmm. it takes work you have to really crank that thing up yeah i am tanner before we get stuck into this i'm gonna go grab myself a beer okay i'm gonna hit pause right. bye 
Um, well, hopefully that's the last that we've seen of your fidget spinner today. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, so do I. While you were up getting a beer, mm-hmm. I continued to peruse Suzanne Wayne's um, online presence. Mm-hmm. I continued to read through her Wikipedia page, and I went to her own personal website. Mm-hmm. No mention of the Babysitter's Club. Interesting. Interesting. It's not listed in any of her bibliography. It's not listed as like a thing she worked on. It's not listed on her own website as something that she contributed to. Huh. Do you think Isn't that weird? Either. Either that that presents to me two possibilities. One, she is ashamed of her dark babysitter's club past. Right. Two, Anne is ashamed and has banished her from the BSC family. I'm curious what would cause that. I mean, maybe she was too fucking good. If you noticed in Anne's happy reading section today, she was like, I love Davis Island, which is where Stacy goes on the beach trip. And that's where me and my family used to go every summer, which is why I wanted to write about Davis Island. And in fact, I've written a bunch of other novels that are centered around Davis Island. And Suzanne is from Long Island, so she probably knows that shit too. She's from the fucking beach. And she has perfectly captured Anne's voice and her style and her insight into these girls. Maybe she was too fucking good. You know what's fucked up? Maybe she was too close to what Anne was trying to do. It's also, I think, no accident, Tanner, that in the last book we read, fire was introduced. Oh, right, right, right. And now they're all vacationing on Fire Island. Right? Right. The thing is falling apart. Well, and Stacy seems drawn to it like a moth to the flame. Exactly. Because Mr. McGill, Ed, um, Ed offers Stacy a vacation to anywhere she can dream of. I know this this is the first sign that I was going to go back to hating Stacy. Like her fucking dad is like, "Hey Stace, good news. I'm taking my first vacation from work in like 10 fucking years and I want you to come with me. We can go anywhere." You've 2 Disney weeks. World, 2 weeks you can go Paris. literally anywhere you want. 2 weeks we can like hike in Tibet. We can like walk through the rainforests. Right. Um we can go and like see like the the fjords. Or like we can go to that island where rich people hunt teenagers. Yeah, we can go to that island where rich people hunt the most dangerous game. Right. Um, And Stacy's like, you know what, Dad? Uh, Can we go to Fire Island? (laughs) You know, in Long Island. You know, the fucking probably like a two-hour train ride from here. Two hours on the LIRR from your house, right? <laughs> that you haven't gotten away from in the last ten years. Let's go to like, let's go uh, to Fire Island, yeah. <laughs> the place where every twenty-something media yeah. snob will go on vacation for a week every summer in twenty seventeen. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, it's gonna be really fucking packed this time of year. Not even Montauk. Not even Montauk. Like, go out to the beautiful <laughs> part of Long Island at least. Ugh. Yeah, Fire Island. I don't know. Fucking Stacy. And her dad is like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fine. I've got a, I've got a side piece there. Yeah. Well, it turns out he does, but, but we can't get to that. We got to, we got to, desc- you got to describe this book. Oh, did I not? No, you didn't. Uh, uh, but I do want to put a pin in that. It is not insignificant that fire has been introduced. And once fire has crept in, it's going to spread. We yeah. know these books end in fire. Fire spreads. 
Fire spreads. It's fun. Um, we all joke. Burner bees, burner bees, fire, fire, lol, yeah. lol. Flame elementals. Yeah, it's not funny. Not yeah. funny. It ends in fire. Here's what we're going to do, Tanner. I was going to stick 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy and then have you describe the novel during those 60 seconds. What do you say? Good. All right. Great. I'm going to begin now. Uh, the, <clears throat> uh, s- uh, summertime and the feeling is easy. Baby Nation fire. Uh, sorry. Baby Nation summertime has hit Stony Brook, Connecticut. School's out. School's out for summer. Uh, and Baby Nation, the girls. Uh, sorry. I'll be right back. I needed to hit pause. Someone's at my door. <laughs> well, Baby Nation, you have. If you have been following along these nigh 77 episodes, uh, listen to a lot of descriptions by Tanner. And time, by the way. that's That was his time. Uh, a lot of descriptions of these books by Tanner. And uh, I would say that on average, he gets a C-, minus, um, despite having done this for 77 episodes. Uh, this, I think, I, I'm going to say... Okay, I'm back. I just hit record. One. I'm... Talking to the Baby Nation. This Baby Nation, I think, it's it's a tough choice and there are some squeakers in there that I think you could put up against it, was the absolute worst description of a Babysitter's Club novel ever by Babysitter's Club Club co-host Tanner Greenring. It's a historic moment. Tanner, is there something you'd like to say to the Baby Nation in this, in this special time? Someone was at my door and I had to go answer it. I'm back though. Have you so, ever heard of not answering the door? She was, I almost never answer the door because I'm socially inept, mm-hmm. but she rang the doorbell like three times and then started knocking frantically. Jesus. It was like, ding, ding, um, ding, 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 dot, 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 dot. <laughs> well, she interrupted a um, pretty half-assed Stellar description. Was singing. Let's take it from the top. Summertime and the living is easy. Baby Nation, summertime has come to Stony Brook, Connecticut. The girls don't know what to do with themselves. They All the babies are going out on vacation for the July 4th weekend. Uh, looks like it's time for some fun in the sun. Stacy visits her dad in New York. <laughs> you really are taking it from the top, huh? McGill says, let's go on two-week vacation. I'm taking some time off of work. She says, great. He says, where do you want to go? And she says, "Oh wait, what's the other Fire song I sang? School's no. out for no, no, no. summer." No, 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 no. And she says, "I want to go to Fire Island." And he says, "Why Fire Island?" She says, "No reason." Well, the reason is because her boyfriend Robert is working on the ferry there this summer, and she wants to spend more time with him. He says, "Okay, invite a friend." She says, "Yep, I'll invite Claudia." They all go. Stacy takes every opportunity she can to sneak away, but refuses to tell Claudia and her dad why. Turns out. They figure out why, and they're mad at her, but it also turns out that Ed McGill is hiding a secret of his own. That mm-hmm. secret's name? Samwise Ganji. I don't remember, but it's something like Samwise Ganji. That's Ed McGill's new girlfriend. Uh, Claudia and Stacy get into a big fight. The Babysitter's Club comes out to meet them. They also get in a fight with Stacy. Everyone leaves her on the island alone. Uh, she gets in a fight with her dad. Uh, Robert breaks up with her. At the end of the book, she makes up with everyone. Her and Robert get back together, and her dad admits that he has a hard time expressing emotion. <gasps> B plot. 
Oh God! This is why are you still talking like I'm still timing you? <laughs> this is like you do Mel get it out when Jesse you get like five fucking minutes. Are camp counselors at a day camp? Vanessa Pike and Haley something Williams are, from Paramore. Yep, are fighting and they, they eventually make it along. Good job. I think I did a very good job of keeping that tight and concise. Yep. Super tight, super concise. There was a little bit of an interruption in the middle, but yep. we got then through you it. Then you just took another two minutes, two to three minutes. Um, you got through most of it, except, Tanner, the central theme of this book, to me, is the dissolution of the friendship between Stacy and Claudia. And I didn't feel like you hit that. Hard. They got in a fight. I said I think I think I said they got in a fight. Yeah, you said they got in a fight. That does not describe Jack the those two get in a fight every three weeks. This was bad. This was Oh, they're bad. all bad. This in was fact, fucking this one bad. like this one lasted a book. Stacy and Claudia have gotten into fights that have gone over multiple books before. <laughs> I was thinking This was that, nowhere near as bad as those fights. I was trying to think back on their fights and I was thinking that like Claudia gives as good as she gets. There's nothing in the canon books that is as bad as what Stacy did to Claudia this book. If you count the alternate universe of the BSC mysteries, the time when Stacy didn't steal a ring and Claudia accused her of stealing it is right. worse. But those are different girls. Right. Those that's a different Claudia and a different Stacy. Right. In a parallel universe. Right. So we can't count that. This is grim. This was awful. She fucking... I can't even believe what she fucking did. She was like, hey, Claude, I need you... I want you to take two weeks of your summer to come on vacation with me. And Claudia was like, Robert's not going to be there, is he? And she's like, nope, absolutely not. Definitely not. What the fuck do you think is going to fucking happen when you see Robert every fucking day? And she tells her dad right. the same fucking thing. Like, oh, right. I just want to go to Fire Island. I've never been to Fire Island before. Disney World... Paris sounds great, but like right. Fire Island is on my bucket list. And he's like, hmm. Taking like, James Cameron's sub to the bottom of the Mariana Trench sounds yeah. great, Dad. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, I want to go I, to Fire Island. Yeah, I hear they have like really good. Uh, they don't even have. They don't even have shit out there. No, there's no. There's no motor vehicles out there. It's just like bugs. It's bugs and a beach, like a yeah. shitty beach. Go to fucking yeah. Costa Rica, Stacy. Fire Island. I want to go to a shitty beach in New York. You can go anywhere in the fucking world, and you choose Fire Island, Stacy. Apologies to any baby bees who are from Fire Island. I don't think anyone's from Fire <laughs> Island. I think uh, Suzanne Except Fire Wayne Elementals. Is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. Do you want to? T- hey, what do you want to talk I'm about? Sure a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people are conceived in Fire Island. If you know what I mean. <laughs> No, I don't. It's a very romantic place, it seems like. Okay. It's a lot of bugs. Yeah. I actually think it's become a gay destination in recent years. I think so. I think it's known as that. Right. Great. So apologies to if anybody goes on gay vacations in Fire Island. I'm sure it's really nice. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, (laughs) Bernadette. Sorry, Fire Island. I'm sure it's fine. It's just like of anywhere in the world. Yeah. (laughs) You can go anywhere, Baby Nation. You can go to Tarkusk, Siberia. 
Oh yeah, we got an update from uh, it's Yakutsk. Yakutsk. We got a we got an update from Baby B Rose. Yeah, Did you she's see a, that? she's she's fled Yakutsk. She's like I'm not in Yakutsk she's anymore. She's on to Beijing, China. Is it Beijing or yeah, Maybe it was Shanghai? Maybe it was Shanghai. I'm on to a big city in China. <laughs> who knows? Who knows where Baby B Rose is up to? She's like Carmen San Diego at this point, uh, which is referenced in this text for what she's it, like. A, she's a she's a Rosling Stone. Mm. 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 <laughs> Very good. Do you want to talk about Samantha Young a little bit? Oh man, I would love to. I don't know who that is. That's Stacy's dad's new lady. Oh right, right, right. Sure. Mr. McGill, first vacation in years. Why are you taking that vacation, Mr. McGill? I thought you were a workaholic. Well, it turns out he's found a fucking beautiful angel. Sam Young. Sam Young. She's dressed like an angel. Listen to this description of her. The woman smiled politely, but her expression was uneasy. She was very beautiful with large blue eyes, thick, wavy brown hair, and a great figure. She was wearing a gauzy flower print skirt, a crocheted top, and big gold hoop earrings. In her hand dangled a pair of gold sandals. All right, well, I found her. You found Samantha Young? Yeah, I found Sam Young. Okay. Is she an angel? Professional basketball player for Al uh, Ali Dubai of the UAE National Basketball League. Oh, okay. He played college basketball at the University of Pittsburgh. Oh, it's a gentleman. Six foot six. He's from Maryland. Thirty-six pick overall in the two thousand nine NBA draft. Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Well, listen to this guy's career. <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. Indiana Pacers. These are all the teams you've heard of, yeah? Yeah. Sydney Kings. We're keeping it going. Teams teams we know, teams we love. Sydney Kings. Vaqueros de Bayamon, okay? Uh, Juvesatera Basket. Hasones de Jalapa. Usik Sportif. Al Ali Dubai. And it just kind of keeps going from there and this is chronologically yeah chronologically so it seems like he like skipped out of this basketball universe it seems like he spiraled into a flee the country (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) so anyway that's who ed's dating now Mm. this pro basketball player in the in the united arab emirates well no wonder he wanted to take two weeks off the other thing about samantha king that she does in this novel are you still reading about this fucking basketball player yeah, I just I just closed it. <laughs> it seems like he leads an interesting life. Yeah, he's got a love of the game. He he's can't stop playing basketball. He'll play wherever he can. Yeah, American NBA was done with him, and he was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go to South America." And when South America was done with it, he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go to like Poland." And when Poland was done with him, he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to the, the UAE." It's a good place to play basketball, is it? So I've heard. Um, can I talk about this, the actual person from this novel, Samantha King? You don't even like basketball. Samantha Young. Samantha Young. At some point, she dresses up as the Statue of Liberty. Yep. I was wondering whether this might be a potent metaphor for Stacy's increasing alienation from the city of her birth. I don't think New York owns the Statue of Liberty. In fact, it is... A landmark that is contained within the state lines of New Jersey. Yeah, but it's pretty associated with New York. it's an American landmark. 
not a boy. New York landmark. It's strongly associated with New York City, Tanner. Maybe if she had dressed up like the Chrysler building. I think that this is or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's going to dress up like the Chrysler building. That's a fucking great, that's a great costume for the patri- patriotic float on fire. Or like, um, maybe if she had dressed up like famous Ray's pizza. <laughs> she's dressed up as Murray's bagels. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's dressed up as uh, delays on the A train. Nice. <laughs> uh oh. Oh, the, she's dressed up as the the C is running on the F line because <laughs> it's the weekend. <laughs> you sound like a regular Stacy McGill over here. <laughs> no, she's dressed up as a Statue of Liberty right at the moment where yeah, Stacy is like New Jersey landmark. Oh my goodness! This is a book that is about. Like, Stacy's increasing alienation, right? She's alienated from her friends. She's alienated from her father. And now she's alienated from the city of her birth. And this incredible metaphor of Samantha Young, who is like her father moving on in some ways from her and from her mom, dressed up as a Statue of Liberty, the most potent symbol of the city of New York, other than the abstract concept of the C running on the F track. Right. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm walking to you. (laughs) <laughs> she, she's dressed up as hey i'm walking here <laughs> Jenner. i want to talk to you about metaphor in this novel okay we've already talked about the sea right like the when train not the sea train though running on the f line no 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 listen there's some really good stuff in this novel about claudia's art right you know what's back as a theme that we haven't talked about for a long time on this podcast is the eternal sadness of Claudia Kishi. Yeah, true. And that's that's back in a big way this week. Claudia is she's like she's retreated. I mean, and like who can fucking blame her? Her friend Stacy just like invites her on this fucking two week vacation, lies to her about the idea that her boyfriend is going to be there, and then just spends the whole time hanging out with Robert and leaves Claudia to like retreat further and further into herself. And what outlet right. is she going to have other than her art? And the art that she makes is gorgeous. She takes pictures right. of these like disintegrating sandcastles. Um, yeah, which is just such a powerful like. This is it. Like it's, the Babysitters Club is coming apart, right? It's it's falling the most apart. inspired Claudia has been in years, though. Yeah, like she needs from great suffering comes great art. She needs the sadness in order to create her art. Shall, shall I describe? I'll describe them. It, it, Claudia built dozens of elaborate sandcastles. They were truly gorgeous, with towers, tunnels, turrets, drawbridges of driftwood, and windows of colored beach glass. I couldn't believe that Claudia didn't mind the way the ocean would wash these creations away, but she didn't. In fact, Claude found a way to turn their destruction into art. She started bringing her camera to the beach and photographing the wave's work. There's something so poignant, and this is something that Suzanne does incredibly well, with obviously with Anne's guidance. Claudia is taking the hurt that she has around the disintegration of her friendship with Stacy and turning it into this art about the impermanence of these castles. We build these castles, right? And they crumble. Like, you can't... This is the thing about photography, right? You can capture a moment, but you can't capture the feelings that existed within that moment. Claudia can. She can, but it's like, it's already something that is fading inexorably into the past that is disintegrating like a a sandcastle. Right. Um, I just thought that was fucking incredibly powerful. I did too. In fact, it was my... (gasps) 
This week. Okay, good. So Claudia and Stacy get in this big fight. Claudia retreats into her art. Stacy runs into the arms of Robert. It's a huge blow up. They say they're not going to speak again. Claudia flees the island of right. fire. Yeah. But before she does, she goes to a little shack on the beach of, of Davis Park where they sell sea glass and art run by a thoughtful patron mm-hmm. who has seen some of Claudia's work and has appreciated it. Yeah. And made prints of Claudia's beautiful sand castle art. And hung them on the wall of their gallery. Mm-hmm. Stacy is uh, doesn't know what to do. Robert's just broken up with her, and she wanders into this gallery. Uh, and she sees these she sees these prints up on the wall, and she says, "Oh, I I recognize these." And she says, "Oh yeah, uh, a lovely young lady was in here last week and agreed to hang those, so I may sell them." And then a week later, Claudia and Stacy have have made up, and they're still trying to like find the words. They're still trying to reach out across this void of discomfort between one another. They're both they're both opening up their word holes as wide as they can go. I just want to say that I will never do anything like that to you or to anyone again. I'm really, really sorry, I said. I hope we can go back to being best friends. I hope so too, Claudia agreed seriously. I nodded and smiled. Oh, and I have these for you, I said, pulling a large yellow envelope out of my shoulder bag. In the envelope were two of the photos which had been displayed at this beach glass gallery. Three receipts and... There's $60 in there, I told her. You sold three photos. Dad bought one for Samantha. Wow, said Claudia, taking the envelope. People actually bought them. I can't believe it. But you know, I thought they were pretty good. They were pretty good. And Stacy and Claudia even if their friendship has disintegrated now can still hold on to the memories they had when they were happy because of Claudia's fucking incredible art. Right. That's beautiful. My tearful moment, if I may. Please. It it rhymes with yours. Okay. That's tough. Uh, Mine was like a paragraph long. <laughs> it's a it's a term of art, Tanner. It rhymes with yours. Across the void. It has it has resonance with yours. Ah, okay. Uh, it harmonizes. Rhymes spiritually. It is at the peak of the fight between Vanessa and Haley in the B-plot. Adam Pike delivers a message for Vanessa in a shoebox. Marianne went around to the back. By now, Matt had come to see what was going on. On the back steps was a shoebox. Marianne opened it cautiously. Inside were a lot of torn up papers. Looking closer, Marianne realized it was a torn birthday card, a ripped up photo, and a shredded letter. Marianne pieced together the photo. It was easy to see that it had been a Polaroid picture of Haley and Vanessa at a school picnic. Their arms were around each other, and they were all smiles. The inside of the birthday card said, Friends forever. Love, Haley. And this is Suzanne Wayne just knocking it out of the park with the metaphor. It's in some ways it's the reverse of what happened in your tearful moment, Tanner. It's like the, their friendship is ended, and Haley is being reminded by Vanessa here that even 
like the photographs that captured the memories of a happier time, those can be destroyed as well, right? Even our memories disintegrate. Claudia says that destruction can be art. Destruction can be right. memory. Right. Claudia right. has captured destruction and it has it has helped patch up the void between. Cla- and Claudia's wisdom here shines through because she's not ultimately she she sees the beauty in the disintegration of something beautiful. She's not trying to ca- hold on to it. She's not trying to trap it in amber. Right. She's like Ed Norton in Fight Club. She's she just lot- wants this she just wants to destroy something beautiful. Yeah. Like a sweet boy's face. Yeah. <laughs> or in this case a sandcastle. Oh, and by the way, did the babysitters club not learn their fucking lesson from Christy and the baby parade? Yeah, don't let Claudia do a parade, idiots. Don't, she's don't, bad at it. Don't do a float. Don't do a she's float. She's a gifted artist, but she can't do parade floats. Most people go through life and don't do floats because it seems like a bad idea to build a float and put it in a parade if you don't know how. But I would think that 100% of people who build a float for a parade against everyone's better judgment and it goes really badly don't then turn around and build another float for a parade with the fucking exception you want to build a float we could do it let's do a float we could build a float yeah okay we could build a hell of a float let's build a good float okay yeah is there a parade coming up we'll find one okay what do you want to put on it check fire fire islands listings (laughs) okay Uh, anyway, despite the disaster of the novel Christy and the Baby Parade, where they build a float and it goes to shit, they fucking build a float on Fire Island and Claudia's castles of sand, wouldn't you know? Yeah, Claudia's like, oh, I have even fewer resources here? Yeah. Great. Yeah, I had all of Stony Brook and all of my friends and family and disposable income to, to spend on the last float, and here I have just sand. Yeah. Sand and wagons. Yeah. Um, and guess what? It fucking happens. Just as the Fire Island news is coming around to take pictures of it, the sandcastle collapses. Did you notice that? So, not only does Anne and Suzanne, hmm, I just noticed the weird resonance between their names, Anne, Suzanne. Anne and Suzanne. What kind mm-hmm. of Anne? A Suzanne. Suzanne. Uh, so, not only did they introduce a real world location, yeah. In this book, Davis Park, Fire Island, Long Island, New York, United States. Okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. She also brought another one of our kind. Oh, yeah. Into this fiction. I noticed that as well. We hailed a cab and rode back to his apartment. That night, Dad ordered some Middle Eastern food. We ate falafel sandwiches on pita bread, baba ganoush, and rolled grape leaves. I love this kind of food, and you just can't find it in Stony Brook. Then Dad finished up some last-minute work on his computer while Claudia and I watched a Johnny Depp movie Mm. on cable. Claudia and I both think he is extremely cute. Yeah, what's... This is the second celebrity who has passed through the veil. Yeah, Keanu Reeves passed through the veil in the novel Dawn and the We Heart Kids Club. Right. And now Johnny Depp... Do you think, here's what I think it is, and this is uh, the only thing that kind of makes sense. This is like, the fact that we had 75 books without anyone from our world passing through, and then Keanu comes through, because he's obviously a time stepper, or he can step through the veils of universes, 
it would be too much of a coincidence for it to be like Johnny Depp is also a time stepper or a, a, the universe stepper. It's obvious that like they're filming something together and Johnny stepped through like the hole that Keanu created. Accidentally? Yeah, either accidentally or he's just following him around. Have they been in a movie together? I don't think so. I don't I mean, know. They're, they're, was those... he Bill or was Johnny Depp Bill or Ted? I don't think so, dude. There was Keanu Reeves and then there was Another Gentleman. Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Oddly prescient though, because Keanu Reeves and Johnny Depp to this day have maintained very lucrative and prolific careers. Yeah. Like both those dudes are in like a movie every year. Yeah, like way longer than you would think their shelf life would be. Right. Huh. So you think that they're they're taking some power Yeah. I think they're from this universe. They're drawing that from somewhere. Like, right? can yeah. you even remember who Bill or Ted was? No. <laughs> the other one? Yeah. Maybe it was Johnny right? Depp. Yeah. Did you have further thoughts on that? Or you just also thought it was fucking strange that Johnny Depp stepped into this universe? I don't know if he's busy, but we should probably try to get Johnny Depp on the phone and ask what it was like over there on the other side. Yeah. Well, if he's going to come on the show, he's going to have to read a fucking mystery. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the only way you can get on the show, Baby Nation. Hear that, Pete? Pete? Yeah, a lot of people have been asking for uh, Pete Larangis' uh, episode where Pete comes on the show. Well, guess what, Baby Nation? Guess what, Pete? If you want to be on our fucking show, you read a fucking mystery. Yeah, do the fucking work. Yeah. Look, let's keep it. Here's what we should do, my man. Let's keep track of these people. So far, it's celebrities. But let's keep track of these people who step through the universes, right? Obviously, okay. Anne is yeah. trying to tell us something. So right now, right. we know it's Keanu and it's Johnny Depp. Well, and Sam Young. You think this, Sam Young? Oh, well. This basketball player from the UAE who's, who's dating Ed McGill in this book. Yeah. Okay. You don't think that qualifies? Well, I... His career not impressive for you? He played in the NBA for like eight years before he went overseas, Jack. It's just... This is just a really common name. Sam Young? Yeah. It could be someone else. Might be someone else. Yeah. That's just what I thought. I'd... We'll put a pin in it. We'll put a pin well, in it. Yeah. Now. Okay. Good. Um, hey, Tanner, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question that I know the answer to, because there's one real good one. Did you this week, sir, have a... <gasps> He's still going. He's still going, baby nation. There's no stopping Jack Shepard when he gets gone. Burn the week. Oh uh, yeah, man, I had the same one as you. Do you want to read her? Do you want me to? <laughs> there, I have a few, but there's one that's just I wrote. I just wrote epic in all caps next to it. I have a few too, but there's there's one pure burn. There's one burn that's so fucking good. It's between Haley Braddock, Matt's sister, and Vanessa Pike, Mallory's sister, who were best friends up until this book when they had a massive fucking fight because they both wore the same bathing suit to summer camp. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Haley felt that Vanessa was copying her, and f- the shit hit the fucking fan. That escalates. Here's the thing. Right, Haley tries to fucking get at Vanessa, but you don't bring a knife to a Pike fight. Right, a- and I figure what we can do is I'll I'll uh, I'll describe what Haley tries to do to Vanessa 
Uh, and okay. then y- you can tell the baby nation the true burn of the week, which is how Vanessa retaliates. Not even just Vanessa. It's like the entire Pike clan. Oh, it's if you cross a Pike. Oh, my God. You cross every Pike. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's what Haley's up to, and it's, it's, it's solid stuff. After Mrs. Braddock left, Marianne knelt beside Haley. With her mother gone, Haley was less guarded with her work. She sat up and stretched. When she moved off the paper she was looking at, Marianne couldn't believe her eyes. In red crayon, Haley had written, Beware of Vanessa Pike. If you are friends with her, she will stab you in the back. Haley had done a drawing of a hand holding up a bloody knife. Marianne noticed that behind Haley were about ten other similar signs. Uh, what are you planning to do with those? She asked. Um, hang them all up over the neighborhood, Haley replied. The other kids need to be warned about Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) It's strong. Yeah, Uh, strong. Keep in mind, Baby Nation, this conflict started when they both bought the same bathing suit. Yeah. Best friends. Best friends (laughs) bought the same bathing suit. Yeah. Um... But uh, Marianne is able to, like, de-escalate to some extent by convincing Haley that you need a permit to put signs up around the neighborhood. Um, And so Haley just hangs it up on the Pike's fence. Right. And Marianne's like, fine, dude, fine. Before she can go, there's a knock on the door, and Marianne goes to answer it. Looking all around, Marianne thought she saw something move at the corner of the house. She was sure she heard giggling. Pow has something around his neck, said Haley, coming up behind Marianne. Sure enough, Pow was wearing a collar with a cardboard tube attached to it. Open this was written on the tube in black magic marker. Marianne yanked on the piece of orange thread holding the tube to Pow's collar. She pulled up the top. As she did, three red, white, and blue accordion pleated strips of paper jumped out of the tube. Ah, Marianne cried, startled. She jumped back and dropped the tube. An index card fell out of the tube onto the floor. Marianne picked it up. It says, Haley, please. She cut herself off when she saw the rest of the message. Haley grabbed the card from her and read it out loud. Haley, please wash daily. Because we think you really stink. Help save our neighborhood from horrible odor. Signed, Cash. Citizens Against Stinky Haley. <laughs> And that I just realized that it fucking rhymes because Vanessa Pike is a master of rhyme. That's like right. she's like freestyling onto the page right there. Haley is sitting there like with her fucking crayon trying to write the note that she's gonna stick up around the 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 neighborhood, and she's just like, "Mom, spaghetti, palms are sweaty," and uh, <laughs> fucking. Meanwhile, Vanessa is coming with like the sickest fucking rhymes that are just gonna like utterly destroy her uh, and fucking end her entire career in stony brook it's brutal it's fucking brutal and she attaches it to the dog's neck like she gets her entire family involved like she she gets pow involved she has adam like deliver the box of torn up photos earlier and then like and then so Haley goes on her mission to hang these signs and she's over it like the compromise marianne and Haley reaches that she can hang them on the pike's family fence and she goes over to do it, and as she's doing it, the Pike kids all pelt her with water balloons. Yeah! <laughs> like, Haley is losing this war. Oh my god, yeah. Eventually there is a detente, and they resolve shit. Again, Suzanne Wayne, we've been giving you a lot of compliments, but uh, it's not all rosy here. Uh, Uh-oh. Tanner Uh-oh. and I... 
Looks have, like someone's about to get raked across the <clears throat> coals, Suzanne. Ann. Suzanne. Tanner and I. I think are... we figured out. I think we figured out what Suzanne's thing is, man. Pete Stormborn. Nola Thacker. Sentient dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Entity Malcolm known as and John Jenna and Malcolm. Malcolm. Entity. Two beings warped into one. Suzanne. Wayne. Suzanne. Secretly just Anna and Martin. Secretly just Anna and Martin. Yeah. That's why Suzanne Wayne doesn't bother describing the fact that she wrote any BSC novels in her bio. It would get us too close to the secret. It would get us too too close to the fucking truth, Suzanne. 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 Anne was like, I, this makes me a little sad for Anne. It's, the, it's like the moment, like, this is like, what, 75, book 75, 76, um, where, like, Anne walked into the Scholastic headquarters with, like, a mustache. Yeah. And was like, oh, hello, hello. I, I'm the new ghost writer. <laughs> us, yeah. us, like, Suze, uh, Anne. You know, there's not term limits on <laughs> Babysitter's Club writing, right? Like, you could just come back and write them. She's like, who's <laughs> Anne? <laughs> I'm here. For, I'm here for the ghostwriting gig. <laughs> she's like she's sitting on Pete Larangis's shoulder, as, and they have like a big trench coat. <laughs> Stormboard. I don't even know what that means. I'm just a lowly ghostwriter trying to ply my trade. <laughs> uh, look, Suzanne. We're both a couple of waniacs here. Uh, I'm a Suzanne man and have been for a long time. Yeah, and I'm a Waniac and have been all my life. <laughs> but don't always resort to the pikes when you're trying to get your burns out. It's lazy. It's fucking lazy. No, Th- yeah, it is lazy. There are other babies. There are other babysitters. There are other ways to burn than just going to the fucking old, tired, dried up well of the pikes. Pete, you're just as guilty of this. Everybody is. Nola, I think Nola is too. Nola is too. Knock it off. I love a good pike burn. This was a great pike burn, but we don't need to go back to that well every fucking time. That's my one criticism. Otherwise, this was a perfect American novel. Yes. It was like infinite jest. It was a lot like infinite jest. Uh, right minus up there. All of the uh, pages. Separatist Montreal wheelchair terrorists. The uh, uh, year of the... Seven syllable words. Seven, yep. Year of the adult depends undergarments. The footnotes, there weren't any footnotes. Uh, uh, no, I had the happy reading section. Oh, yeah. All right, well, whatever. Okay, so this is this is uh, this is the 90s version of Infinite Jest, this novel. Suzanne, you did a great job. It's a fucking masterpiece. Um, hey, Tanner, I yeah. have an idea. I was thinking we should get the fuck out of here. I would love that, man. It's like 7.45 here. Usually we haven't even started by 7.45. I know. This is fucking (laughs) great, man. This is fucking lovely. Baby Nation, please uh, do us a a favor and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Yes, please. Uh, If you're Suzanne Wayne, get at us. Yep. Please, please come on the show, Suzanne Wayne. Please come on the show, Johnny Depp. Yep. Uh, Please come Keanu on the Reeves, show. Keanu Reeves. Standing invitation. Pete. Sweet Pete. Even if you're not a celeb, but you have stepped through the veils of the universes from here into the Babysitter's Club universe, right. do come on the show and tell us what it's like in that world. In Hell, that even if you've been to world. Davis Park, Fire Island, we want to hear from you. Yeah. 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 We want to hear from you. 
let's see. Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Shepard. And as always, I've been America's favorite Babysitter's Club critic, a tenor green ring. This week, this week we read a book called Stacy's Lie. And next week, we're going to be reading a book called Dawn and Whitney, Friends Forever. Who the fuck is Whitney? <laughs> Who the fuck is Dawn? Do you, are you saying Dong? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's Dong and Whitney again. It's the <laughs> continuing adventures of Dong and Whitney. That I sounds think... very good. I would read that. <laughs> Look. Don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. I never do. Okay, buddy? You never do. And uh, that means the world to me. Uh, In the meantime, Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just Just been been invented. invented. I don't think you're allowed to say it along with her. Another thing that Suzanne Wayne does throughout this book. You know that, what's weird? Oh, boy. Okay. I thought I was I've lived to... in New York for 10 years. Mm-hmm. My most vivid memories, when I think of New York City, every memory I can form in my head is from Home Alone 2. <laughs> I bet you, I bet that is way more common than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, but not everyone's lived here for a third of their lives. Like, you, you have a specific memory of... Like getting trapped in an abandoned <laughs> no, I just apartment like, when I uh, think in like of Tribeca New York City, and- when I'm like, oh, trying to summon images of New York City, all I can think of is like Kevin McAllister running away from that pigeon lady in Central Park. I'm like running into the Ritz Hotel and, and what's his face? Tim Curry's there. Well, that's, that's all good. I can think of. That's fucking beautiful. I think that, I think what's happening there is. When you've seen such a perfect encapsulation of everything that New York has to offer, why yeah. your brain is saying, like, why would I bother to make new memories? Right. <laughs> like, I already the last have this. Ten years are a blur. Apparently, yeah. I got married. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, so I've heard. You got married to Kevin McAllister? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, didn't you have that fucking weird thing where those two burglars tried to, like, take your shit and you had to do all these pranks on them? Yeah. The Sticky Bandits. Yeah. The Sticky Bandits? That's right. a big one. You would have thought that you would keep that in your mind at least. I think I. That's no. That sounds okay, right. That, that, that did sounds stick. familiar. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, see, you're not. You know, you're still remembering stuff. Don't be so hard yeah. on yourself. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>